to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and tokets and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Thursday, August 25th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. So glad that we've got you here on this beautiful summer day, late summer day here in Potland, Oregon. Farmer's Market is open just across the street after the show. I'm going to run down and get me some fresh veggies. Looking forward to that. Of course, I've got plenty of fresh vegetables up here in the studio (laughs) just none of them that are edible Uh, on today's show we've got all sorts of great info for you we're winding down our review of the seattle hemp fest that took place last weekend the 25th anniversary and today we're taking a look at vets that's right we're taking a look at veterans and their concerns and uh, speaking to that will be Michael Kravitz, a longtime uh, friend of the show, and Patrick Seifert with the group 22 Too Many. That means uh, 22 veterans who are estimated to take their lives daily uh, from suicide, and that's uh, probably an underestimate. That's going to be in our activist agenda, their speech from the Seattle Hemp Fest. Uh, We'll have that for you at the end of the show. Also coming up on the show today, it is Thursday, and every other Thursday we speak with professional law enforcement from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. That's LEAP, for those of you who are in the uh, acronym biz. Leap speaker Teresa Smallwood will be joining us. She's a former prosecutor, and we'll find out why she thinks we need to legalize not just marijuana, but all drugs. Coming up in drug war data mining today, we got a new study from the University of Washington taking a look at what influences children to eat certain foods. The idea here being to find out how we can prevent accidental ingestion of marijuana edibles by children, especially in the medical and legal states. Also on the show today in our Behind the Headlines segment, we are going to tell you about Elvie Musica. She is one of the two remaining federal medical marijuana patients, and we'll have her talk from the stage at Seattle Hemp Fest where she smoked one of her legal joints, one of her legal federal joints right there on stage and Nobody could do a damn thing about it. Of course, all that comes after the Cannabis Radio News. In the headlines today, we've got a major bust going on in Northern California on a Vietnamese crime ring that has unearthed a bad cop. We'll tell you all about that. In Little Rock, we've got more challenges to the two different medical marijuana uh, initiatives that are percolating there. A challenge to the one that's already made the ballot. We'll tell you about that lawsuit. Also, Nashville is continuing its uh, progress on its marijuana decriminalization initiative. We'll tell you what's up lately in Nashville. And in my home state of Idaho, uh, we got another one of those stupid Facebook videos that we're going to have to tell you about. And in Los Angeles, California, an L.A. Times report on the site weedmaps.com offers a whole bunch of questions as to the legitimacy of their dispensary reviews. We'll tell you about that coming up on the Cannabis Radio News. And then in hour two, 
We'll take you into Toker Talk Radio, talk about the various news of the day, and a look forward to the various events that are taking place as we hit the fall season. We'll also have a bonus, a radical rant in hour two. My open letter to Idaho's drug czar, Elisha Figueroa, in response to her op-ed that appeared in the Idaho Statesman yesterday. I'm coming at her with fact, science, reason, and logic, so I'm not sure she'll understand it. All that's coming up today on the Russ Belville Show. Thank you so much for joining us. And check out my new writing happening on the new website for marijuana news, weednews.co. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show... Uh, St. Peter auditioning to be the Microsoft weed software uh, spokesman. Hey, this is St. Peter for Microsoft. They track weed. Does that mean they're going like, to track the weed? Is that what this is about, Jesus? I'm not going to be tracked, Jesus. I'm not going to have my fucking weed tracked. And I'm not going to have fucking Microsoft track me back to my fucking house through my weed to where they fucking spied on people with that goddamn Xbox camera. Fuck this. Fuck Microsoft. Fuck this bullshit. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I opted for convenience to use my personal email account. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, August 25th, 2016. Los Angeles, California, from smellthetruth.com. 
The world's leading pot shop review site, Weed Maps, got a near-failing grade Wednesday due to the amount of suspicious reviews on its site, the Los Angeles Times reports. Weedmaps.com is the industry's go-to place to list pot shops and their products, driving potentially thousands and tens of thousands of customers each week. Like Yelp or Amazon, users can leave reviews which can help other users find quality outlets. But the problem is the Los Angeles Times analyzed 598 businesses and found 70% of pot shops on Weed Maps have suspicious reviews, with multiple reviews coming from the same internet location or IP address. The investigation, quote, suggests a large proportion of glowing remarks came from individual users leaving multiple reviews of a single business, end quote. FakeSpot, a startup dedicated to spotting fake reviews on Amazon and Yelp, found problems with 62% of the reviews on WeedMaps.com, the Times reports. FakeSpot found signs of a fake WeedMaps review program running out of three colleges near WeedMaps headquarters, USC, UC Irvine, and Cal State Long Beach. San Jose, California. A month-long probe into a Northern California Vietnamese crime ring resulted in nearly two dozen arrests, including that of a veteran San Jose police officer accused of leaking confidential information to gang members, authorities said Wednesday. Officer Derek Antonio was placed on paid leave two months ago in the middle of the investigation when investigators determined he was sharing sensitive information, including police reports, with gang members, San Jose Police Chief Eddie Garcia told reporters. Authorities arrested 22 other people in the probe named Operation Gang of Thrones, making the arrests and executing search warrants in several places, including San Jose, Anaheim, and in Louisiana. The searches netted $200,000 in cash, 4,000 ecstasy pills, 600 pounds of marijuana, body armor, and an alligator retrieved by San Jose animal control workers after it was found. Louisiana State Police seized more than 400 pounds of the marijuana in transit from San Jose. Little Rock, Arkansas. A group opposing Arkansas medical marijuana asked the state's highest court to block a legalization measure on the ballot, saying the proposal misleads voters about its consequences. Arkansans Against Legalized Marijuana asked the state Supreme Court to prevent the Secretary of State's office from counting or certifying any votes for the proposed initiated act, which was approved last month for the November ballot. Aside from calling the proposal misleading, the complaint claims it, quote, omits material information that is essential for a fair understanding of the act, end quote. The proposal, if approved by voters, would allow patients with qualifying medical conditions and a doctor's recommendation to purchase medical marijuana from dispensaries. Patients who don't live close to dispensaries would be allowed to grow their own marijuana under the proposal. Arkansas voters narrowly rejected a nearly identical medical marijuana proposal by Arkansans for Compassionate Care in 2012, the same group behind the proposed act. The Arkansas Supreme Court rejected a similar lawsuit challenging that measure. Nashville, Tennessee. A proposal to decriminalize marijuana in Nashville faces an important meeting this week to determine its fate. The measure, which passed 32 to 4 on a first reading, still seems poised to pass. It would reduce the current misdemeanor state offense for possession of less than half an ounce to just a municipal fine of $50 or 10 hours of community service. There would be no criminal record or jail time, whereas state law mandates up to a $2,500 fine and a year in jail. There were almost 13,000 marijuana possession arrests in Nashville since 2015, with over 90% of them involving no separate felony charge. Police are opposed to the bill's language, insisting that an officer shall issue a possession ticket rather than may, arguing this removes police discretion to charge offenders with the stricter state law. Bill proponents are offering amendments to satisfy this objection.
Fort Hall Indian Reservation, Idaho. Two women have been arrested and charged with child endangerment over a video of them blowing marijuana smoke into a toddler's face. The video, which was posted on Facebook over the weekend, has since been removed. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, August 25th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch. And the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward. And Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, the path to cannabis freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high too. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we have the interesting story of Elvi Musica, who is one of the two remaining federal medical marijuana patients, a program that was begun back in the late 70s, onto which there were up to 15 patients at any one time, has winnowed down to just two, LV and Irv Rosenfeld in Florida. LV suffers from glaucoma, and she claims that uh, constant cannabis use has saved what remains of her sight. She is an icon in the Oregon activist community, beloved by all, and appears at nearly every festival and event you can find on the West Coast. This is LV at last weekend's 25th anniversary Seattle Hemp Fest. Congratulations! 25 years 
of the best gathering of this beautiful family of ours that comes from all over the world. You are hosting a reunion that we would have missed for anything in the whole possible. I can't even begin to imagine what kind of work it would take to such an event. But thank you again. Anyhow, 25 years later, what have we been doing this 25 years? We have been changing laws all over the country. Yes. I have been receiving this tin filled with 300 joints. That's my allotment for one month. It comes from the University of Mississippi. It is Mexican grown by your tax dollars. Mohawk and cool. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it's the only thing I let you search with. Huh? And then they will do crazy things like 37 years in maintaining my site. To the point that I was able to go to Europe and on my own and everything else. But then they sent me some ham, which I love wearing, but it didn't do anything for my glaucoma. So the work of 37 years went down the drain along with some of my optic nerves. Not a happy camper. But we are going to change all that, but we don't have to count on anyone else's growing our pot. We can do our own. If nothing else, we can learn from Moodle Y. That's the way it is. Yeah. 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 So we are going to be voting on different laws all over this place, and I hope they all say we are done with your prohibition. Judge Francis Sell Young in 1988, the ex head of DA told them that they had to change the laws because it was unreasonable, arbitrary, and capricious to keep medicine from people who were suffering without it, especially when this is the most benign substance known to humanity. This was told to you by Francis L. Young, and the DA comes back 28 years later telling us the same story that no one believes anymore, that the whole country is trying to change. And they have no respect for us or our vote or anything. They've been given the power to abuse us, to take our stuff away and everything else. And we need to end that nightmare. We need to demand an apology from our legislators and a reversal of this cause from our president right now before he leaves office. Please get on it. we got to do it. Let that true spirit of love always be your guiding light. And remember that the truth will set you free always. Enjoy! Oh, I think I decided to be the first talking and start. I don't say I'm saying, it's a beautiful hall, I call it. It's real crappy. It's real hair. Well, if anyone knows that, I'm not going to say anything. I thought it was
Great stuff from Ellie Misika. I spent the last two years of high school in a daze. Great stuff there. Great seeing Ellie Misika every time we see her. Happy 420 to everybody in the mountain time zone. I'm talking to you, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. We're going to take a break here, enjoy some cannabis, and see if I can get the hard drive to stop stuttering on us. (laughs) It's always something, isn't it? When we come back, some drug war data mining. You won't want to miss this one. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town, maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. CannabisRadio.com keeps you in the know Monday through Friday on air and on demand with Cannabis Radio News. Presented with the definitive worldwide news source, the Associated Press. Stay informed with exclusive news on all things cannabis. Cannabis Radio News, live weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, during the Russ Belville Show, or download the daily podcast exclusively on CannabisRadio.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. When breaking news happens in the cannabis industry, Cannabis Radio News delivers the details first. The Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The National Wildlife Refuge for Marijuana Unicorns. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Researchers at the University of Washington are examining the factors that attract children to certain edible products. In an effort to combat the potential for accidental ingestion of adult marijuana products in the states where they are legal. The University of Washington School of Law's Cannabis Law and Policy Project looked at how shape, color, and taste affect children's interest. Marketing and branding of products were also considered. And generally, 
kids were more attracted to foods that exhibit the following properties. Colors of red, orange, yellow, and green. Shapes like stars or animals, as opposed to slices or sticks. And sweet or fruity smells. Sam Mendez, the executive director of the Cannabis Law and Policy Project, said, quote, of these factors we looked at, no one factor was clearly indicative of a danger to children. So if you have a food that's shaped as a bear, that doesn't automatically make it attractive to kids, especially if it smells or tastes bad, end quote. A bad taste is more likely to deter children than the smell alone, according to the report. Researchers and policymakers will be looking to this study as they seek to regulate the fast-growing marijuana industry. The popularity of edible marijuana products took both proponents and opponents by surprise, with the latter seizing on increases in reports of accidental marijuana ingestion by children. Washington State has strict regulations concerning the marketing, packaging, and forms of edible marijuana products. Products like gummy bears, lollipops, cotton candy, and anything cooked or baked cannot be sold as a marijuana-infused product. All packaging must be opaque and childproof. Colorado has also recently created new restrictions on marijuana-infused edibles, such as banning gummy candies in animal, fruit, or human shapes and requiring that THC be stamped on all edible marijuana products containing it. In addition to trying to limit the appeal of adult marijuana products to children, lawmakers are limiting the potential damage if a child should eat these products. Both Colorado and Washington have defined a single serving size of marijuana edibles to contain just 10 milligrams of THC, with a total package limit of 10 servings, or 100 milligrams. Oregon currently mandates a 15 milligram serving size limit, however, Oregon's regulators are moving ahead with a recreational dose limit of a mere 5 milligrams of THC with a package limit of 50 milligrams to begin in October. Oregon's also looking to set a 100 milligram limit for medical consumer edibles, which is likely to incentivize diversion to high-tolerance recreational users who will be unsatisfied with a 50 milligram edible. The report also concludes that advertising and branding influenced the interest of children aged 2 to 11, but once into their teenage years, kids are less swayed by ads. Marketing rules in the three legal states with currently operating retail, as Alaska is still setting their rules, forbid any type of advertising and marketing designed to appeal to minors. Today's industry of marijuana edibles is a far cry from the early days of the medical marijuana world when unscrupulous edibles manufacturers would rip off the branding of popular food items like Pop-Tarts or Butterfinger for their marijuana-infused versions called Pot-Tarts and Butterfinger. No responsible manufacturer these days would be allowed to produce this kind of marketing and branding. Now, that's a piece that I've written up for the newest site that I am a part of. I hope you all check it out. It's weednews.co, weednews.co, not .com, .co. Weednews.co is the new site for the talent from the former, uh, the, the former talent from theweedblog.com. If you remember the Weed Blog, one of the top trafficked sites in marijuana news and opinion, uh, the guys behind that site have invited me to join them at weednews.co. 
So from this point forward, all my writing, and if you're hearing me reading, reading something here on, uh, on the show, it's likely something I wrote. Everything I write will be fa- found on weednews.co, except for my Radical Rant column, uh, which still appears Tuesdays and Fridays on hightimes.com. Now, I'm always uh, entertained by this subject of the kids and the edibles. You know, oh my God, what about the children? And what amuses me about it is how much regulators, public policy people, have been twisting, trying to find some way to warn the kids that there might be pot in something. Oh, if only we could come up with some sort of symbol, some sort of symbol that would easily identify something as containing marijuana. Now, they had suggested in Washington State, they suggested Mr. Yuck, the poison control sticker, but then they realized that was a dumb idea because then kids would see parents eating stuff with Mr. Yuck on it and think it's okay. There have been ideas of putting, and this is uh, Colorado's now, uh, the THC warning, where they have to spell the letters THC and an exclamation point on the package and on the food item itself, if it's possible. Oh, if we only just had a symbol that represented marijuana, that even the youngest child would know represents marijuana, so he wouldn't have to come up with something new or try to teach them what the letters THC mean. Gosh, I mean, if only somebody had come up with an iconic symbol for cannabis dating back to the 60s, something simple that even an illiterate person, even a child would understand represents pot. Like an icon, like a picture maybe. A simple symbol that's the universally recognized symbol for marijuana. Gosh, if I could only think of something like that. Maybe that is the way we could solve this problem. I'll keep working on it, folks. Uh, Maybe I've smoked too much to remember. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at N-O-R-M-L.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. Get the latest updates on the Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking the Russ Belleville Show on Facebook. 
At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. One of the most disturbing elements of the Prohibition War is how it's made police the enemy of otherwise law-abiding cannabis consumers. Fortunately, one group of police officers knows the futility of Prohibition and reaches out to educate the community and current law enforcement. Today, the Russ Belleville Show visits with another speaker from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition with one clear message. Cops say legalize drugs. Welcome back, everyone. 32 after the hour. And joining us today for our Cops Say Legalized Drug segment, we have Teresa Smallwood. She's a former prosecutor from Chicago, Illinois. Teresa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Russ. It's good to be with you. It's good to have you here. And I see from your bio, uh, you had done your work in Chicago, Illinois. And my goodness, we know a lot about Chicago as far as the street violence goes, the, the gang warfare, and the influence of drugs on both of those subjects. Give us a little of your background and how you came to recognize the drug war was a flawed failure. Well, certainly. Actually, I did all of my uh, prosecutorial work in North Carolina, but it's a very similar venue in terms of how the drug war actually works. I've done most of my social justice and uh, my engagement as it relates to my own theological work here in Chicago, and that, of course, has presented me with a good bit of uh, statistical information. But as a prosecutor, what I came to understand after being in the business for over four years was the fact that I was creating a revolving door that was making absolutely no impact on people's lives or on the lives of the community. Uh, we kept seeing generation after generation go to prison, come back, and it was the same old cycle. It wasn't until I actually joined the ranks of the criminal defense, defense attorneys that I came to realize that what we really were doing was sending people who were addicted to a place that could not help them. Mm. And so I became convinced of the fact that uh, we can do something different. We can do something more responsible, both to our communities, to our precious law enforcement personnel, and to the people who use drugs. We can do a whole lot more humane approach that gives everyone the opportunity to be safe and to uh, operate within the confines of what I believe are, are real moral principles. When we uh, first heard of Michelle Alexander and her book, The New Jim Crow, it woke a lot of people up to the racial disparities and, and how they were uh, intended disparities in drug war policing. Can you give us an idea, you know, as a prosecutor in North Carolina, how you saw the drug war affecting families, particularly black families and, and particularly black women as they've been swept up in this drug war as girlfriends and, and wives and getting conspiracy charges that had nothing to do with them actually using or touching drugs? Yeah, I mentioned earlier the, the notion of how generations 
uh, were really affected. And in one family, Russ, my experience was I sent the grandfather, the father, and then the young son all to prison behind drugs. And what happened uh, was at the point in time the, uh, the young son was actually arrested, his girlfriend who was pregnant was on the car. And naturally, in um, small-town USA, we tend to uh, convict by association, unfortunately. So despite the fact that she had no drugs on her body and could not have been uh, really aware of what was on the car because she was you know, just simply not in, in tune with exactly how uh, sophisticated and complex his particular operation was, but she simply was a part of the scene. She was arrested, put in jail, and actually convicted, and of course gave birth to a child while still uh, in prison. So the idea here is that uh, the war on drugs has literally become a war on families, and what we see is that the fallout comes particularly in uh, uh, communities that are disparately treated. Now, I don't mean at all to cast aspersions upon our law enforcement generally. I have worked successfully uh, across the aisle with so many of them, and I have tremendous respect for law enforcement generally. But I can say truthfully that my experience in at least three different locales extensively shows that the system itself has uh, disproportionately affected African Americans and to some degree the Latino population. And so what I began to see when I uh, moved my own uh, investigation into the District of Columbia I, my, my real drug uh, war uh, ending work started there because at that point the ACLU got involved in uh, helping uh, young pastors to really see what the difference was. And there were two specific zip codes that most of the drug uh, convictions were coming from. And where were they? They were in the city's uh, highest, most densely populated black communities. When we were able to bring uh, uh, the criminalization issue to the forefront and the people voted and they were actually willing to legalize marijuana, it was because preachers stepped up and understood the complex nature of how the war was being dispatched upon that particular community. I'm glad you mentioned that, Teresa. I also note from your uh, bio that for over a decade now you've been ordained as a Baptist minister uh, with a Ph.D. in theology, ethics, and human sciences. And one thing that was always concerning to me for years working as a, a marijuana reform advocate is how much opposition we would find from the black church, particularly you know Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, and I always felt that that was uh, an example of of mistaking the harms of prohibition for the harms of the drugs themselves. Can you give us a little insight on how clergy are coming around on this issue? Well, you know, I've had uh, the pleasure of working alongside a number of different uh, organizations going after the same issue. And there is at least one group uh, that has national uh, standing now uh, where we have a clergy group of people across the nation and it's called Clergy for uh, a New Drug Policy. What we are doing is basically waking up the people who claim morality to realize that true morality is a, is a test of our will towards our human kind. And that simply means that uh, preachers are coming to understand that they have to go below the surface 
to evaluate what's happening and why we need to do something differently. And so I'm very, very happy to uh, be in conversation with that particular organization. I don't run it, and I'm not here today representing them, but I do know that that particular uh, aspect of the work is afoot, and there's a gentleman by the name of Al Sharp who is running a very, very uh, sophisticated opportunity here to just wake people up, people who are in the faith. Glad to hear that. Uh, we're speaking with Teresa Smallwood. She's a former prosecutor, defense attorney, and Baptist minister who is a speaker for law enforcement against prohibition. They got great speakers all around the United States, Canada, and around the world. If you need someone to come out to your Lions Club, your Elks Club, your Rotary meeting, your PTA meeting, whatever it might be, they've got someone for you. Just visit leap.cc. Now, Teresa, another aspect of this has been uh, very interesting to me. The Black Lives Matter movement has done a phenomenal job of spotlighting the the uh, the race racial nature, the disproportionate nature of police enforcement against black people. And we found in the states that have legalized marijuana, even though we've legalized and part of the reason we did so is because of the disproportionate racial impact. But even though we've legalized, we're finding that what crimes still remain are still being racially enforced more disproportionately against black and Latino people. So my question is, uh, is the, is the drug war just a tool that enforces the existing racist system or is it the cause of the existing racist system? Well, you know, that is a very probative question, Russ, and I really appreciate it. Um, the deep analysis for me starts with uh, how policy is is put in place in this country. Uh, if we were to go back in history and look at what caused us to turn our attention towards drugs and why we even call this a war on drugs, we would realize that uh, essentially uh, ghettos and what we call the places uh, in, our, in our various communities where there is a high concentration of crime, we would understand that people Human beings didn't request or create ghettos, but policy created ghettos. And so as a result of that, what we have is a fallout from uh, the root cause, which I believe has an economic uh, uh, component. Now, Michelle Alexander was able to, to uh, draw this point out very clearly. But what we also know is that in response, to anything we think is aberrant or outside the norm, what we have done uh, historically in this country and it's really all over the world is to criminalize the thing that we don't really want to put our finger on or criminalize the thing that we have uh, considered to be uh, outside the norm of our morality. Mm. Yeah, a morality tale, absolutely. I've brought that up many times before. And it's it's fascinating to me too, uh, Teresa, that as we look at the, the, the criminal justice system and how it is is being reformed, we're finding more prosecutors even who are, are coming over to our side, people that continually say, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the revolving door comment from our speakers at Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And it's just something that uh, uh, is going to have to be addressed lest we continue to suffer these disproportionate impacts. I, I want to thank Teresa Smallwood for joining us here on the show. She's uh, We've lost our connection with her. You may have heard the little Skype beep there. But 
uh, we were just about at the end of the interview anyway. My thanks to Teresa Smallwood and all the folks at Law Enforcement Against Prohibition for bringing us these great speakers in our Cops Say Legalized Drugs segment every other Thursday here on the Russ Belleville Show. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will hear from Patrick Seifert and Michael Kravitz from Seattle Hemp Fest on the epidemic of veteran suicides. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chivas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com. shooting past a thousand degrees fahrenheit it's burning up i'm afraid for this little guy it's just too late what caused the problem only dr dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth tasting slower burn this standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits sending it up in smoke so you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke not vapor correct keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to dr dabber doctor's order less heat (laughs) more flavor Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. Hello? Hey, uh, are you the one that put the ad on Craigslist? Uh, it was in the, the personal no. section uh, about, you know, want to have a little uh, have a little good time tonight? No. Nothing about, you know, any uh, backdoor action? No. A little fifth base? You're not into that? No, and I, I suggest you don't fucking call my phone number, you fucking perverted bastard. Are you sure you're not the one on the Craigslist? You're talking dirty to me. Damn, she hung out. That was good. It was funny, though. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches.
Ambassador Fashion coming to you from Hempfest. Outstanding rock and funk. We don't know who this band is, but we love them. My goodness. <laughs> the Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Activism begins with ACT. The Russ Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Today we go back to Seattle Hemp Fest with Patrick Seifert and Michael Kravitz from 22 Too Many. Right on. Thanks for coming out. Um, I get to be the guy who talks about suicide, but it needs to be talked about. My name is Patrick Seifert. I'm the founder of 22 Too Many. I'm a Marine Corps veteran. And I live with PTSD. Um, I find peace in my life from cannabis. Um, that's all I use for my PTSD. And um, that's what this organization, one of the reasons this organization came together was to steer veterans away from the pharmaceuticals and get them into some holistic therapies and um, using cannabis. And the current system right now with the VA, that's a broken system. Any system that loses 22 veterans a day to suicide it's not just combat veterans it's all across the board actually most of the veterans that are killing themselves are the vietnam era veterans so please if you know a veteran you have homework tonight please go home if you know a veteran get on the phone and call them and tell them that you love them and they're special and they're important we got to give these guys and these women a reason to live that phone call could be the phone call that makes them not put a bullet in their head okay so please please do that that's a homework assignment for you um so we have a booth down the way here you'll see a bunch of 22 signs up above it um we're selling a bunch of our merchandise for 22 too many and all the proceeds go for um to help our organization and fight this suicide epidemic um, if you are cu uh, curious about our organization please get online at 22toomany.org and um, it's kind of confusing the way it sounds, but it's the word 20 spelt out, the number 22, and then the word many, M-A-N-Y, at .org. Um, we have a special guest he here with us today that uh, luckily was here with us last year for HempFest. Um, 22 too many, uh, two years ago, put in some hard work up at the Capitol. Um, we were able to ultimately get PTSD added to the list of qualifying conditions for Washington State. So now for the first time in Washington State history, veterans and victims of PTSD can use cannabis because of our hard work. This gentleman, Mike Krowitz, helps PTSD get on the list of qualifying conditions for most of the states that have it now. Um, there's 14 or 15 of them out there, and he had something to do with every one of them. He's an amazing man. Um, and he's also a veteran, and um, I don't, I don't know uh, 
a bigger veteran advocate for what we're fighting for today. Mike Krowitz. Thanks, Patrick. Well, Hempfest, I, I, I'm not sure I can really capture in words what it feels like to be on such comfortable ground. I mean, I just came in, we had some bad flights, and I had, you know, got a, a really nice hotel room on the, the tab of the airlines out there in Chicago. That's a plus, but I didn't get in to speak earlier, and that's where we're all kind of combining our speaking time. Uh, but I am here now, and, and uh, coming across from Detroit, that's where I flew out of, and then into Chicago, two very different medical marijuana programs, two very different universes, and then come here. And in every way, shape, or form, I, I really have to hand it to you. It's a beautiful place, a beautiful time to be a cannabis aficionado out in Seattle. It's really beautiful. And I, I compliment you and thank you for the hospitality, and I just share the love. I, we all love you and, and, and really support you. So thanks. So I am, I'm a disabled vet myself. I served in the U.S. Air Force during peacetime. Uh, yeah. And... Um, I've seen firsthand how well cannabis can really help patients, not just veterans. Really, uh, main thing, I think, you know, before we came on, the main point, I think, is this opiate overdose, like epidemic now, I guess they're calling it. And we've always been proud. The cannabis culture has always been proud of how when we use cannabis, we use less of the damn pharmaceutical industry's pills. That's what we do. So it really wasn't a surprise to us when the science showed that Overdose rates drop. Wow. So this is really important stuff. This isn't just having a choice. This isn't just a liberty issue. This isn't even just a human rights issue. It's a matter of life or death. And that's you know what it's all about. That's why these guys' work is so important and why uh, we do what we do. But I got to tell you, we've got a lot of work to do. You know, Patrick wanted me to say a few words about access. And even though it's legal... Still, it's a patchwork quilt of access, and uh, you know, for many patients, it's very difficult to maintain a supply of the right product that works well for you, uh, and, and it's getting worse. You know, with the implementation of the medical marijuana, I mean the uh, non-medical marijuana program here in Washington State, it's actually getting worse. So there's a couple, I guess a couple of homework assignments I'll give you. There you go. Easy ones, actually. But uh, if you have a relationship with your legislator, just give them a call and talk to them. If they're really supportive, it's a great phone call. And then if they're really supportive and you don't really have to argue with them or fight with them, if you do, then you get brownie points for really taking on a challenge, just so you know. But if, if it's not a challenge, find a challenge. Find a relative in Iowa and make them go speak to a legislator. There's, that's homework assignment number one. Number two, believe it or not, we've now gotten into a whole other layer. You're all sitting here. We're being watched by the universe or something because we're having this incredible wave of impact on the whole world. And China and Russia and Japan and all these other countries, when they go to the UN and they say about the drug war, uh, it doesn't really make sense anymore. The emperor is truly naked. And it's because of what you all are doing right here in Uruguay and, and in other places around the world where we've actually embraced reform, even when the world says no, even when the national law says no, uh, we've said yes, that's brave, that's really cool, and that is really having an impact. So keep it up. <laughs> but here, a little homework assignment. Go to your legislator again, your national legislator this time, and, and say to them, hey, support Uruguay, 
tell the State Department to say cool things about weed. We want President Obama to go up there before he leaves office and pull out some really fine bud from Washington State, kind of like the president of, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Evo Morales from uh, Bolivia. He pulls out coca leaves out of his pocket and he says, this is coca leaf. Our people have used it for a thousand years. We're not going to stop using it. Now, when you make it in a cocaine or something like that, we, we're, we're all about controlling that. But no, no, you're not going to control the coca leaf. And he pulled it out. It was a protest at the UN. We want President Obama to pull cannabis flowers out of his pocket at the United Nations before he leaves office, not afterwards in some small little plenary. I'll be there. But not, not that. While he's in office, Pull out the finest bud he can find. He, he, he smoked pot in Hawaii. He's a bigger pothead than I was. They did roof hits. They, the pot would collect in the, in the roof of the car and they try to inhale it. This is our president. Make a stand, man. All right. So tell your senator, tell your national politician to put that word through. Tell your Democratic Party leaders. Do whatever you can. Just make a phone call. It'd probably be a friendly call. You might really be surprised at the fun you have with this. So do some homework, okay? And, and let's change this. You can have a dramatic impact. A dramatic impact. This is an Michael Krawitz, one of my good friends in the marijuana movement and one of the most effective activists out there. Make sure you check out the uh, site for 22 Too Many. That's uh, 22 Too T-O-O-M-A-N-Y. 22 too many. And support our veterans. That's all the time we got for hour one, but we got a whole nother hour coming up in Toker Talk Radio right after the top and this break here. And uh, coming up in hour two, we'll hear from Dr. Sunil Agarwal and his explanation as to how marijuana prohibition is perverting science. We got more music from the Groove and Higher Orchestra at Seattle Hemp Fest a bonus radical rant for Idaho, and an interview with Nurse Heather from Cannabis Radio. For everyone here, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can tell. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Potland, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls, 
live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the animal man and Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta Graphics, the sultan of Sativa Statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical, Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, Tokers and Toquettes, and you non-toking lovers of liberty hanging out. It's Toker Talk Radio. We're back for hour two here on CannabisRadio.com, live every weekday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Now, you may have heard in the intro how we have this phone number, 971-533-7111. We don't. I lost that phone number, folks, and uh, I haven't replaced it yet because uh, I'm still living on the road, basically. I don't have a home. <laughs> I'm technically, tr- truly, I am technically homeless. I mean, I have places to sleep and I have a storage shed for, or a storage unit for my stuff. So it's not like I'm, you know, camping out on the Springwater Corridor Trail in a tent or anything with a, a shopping cart full of my belongings. I'm not that homeless, but I am technically homeless. I do not have a residence, but that is going to be changing very soon. I am a part of a new company, and I can start talking about it now because we've apparently launched the site, (laughs) a new company called WeedNews.co. I encourage you to check out the site, WeedNews.co, WeedNews.co, and to follow at WeedNewsCo on Twitter and Facebook. If you were a fan of the Weed blog, then you will be an even bigger fan of WeedNews.co. The talent behind the Weed blog has moved, and it's, it's a tale. It's a long and, and uh, sordid tale. It's a, it's a real travesty, to tell you the truth. But uh, um, I'm not going to go into the tale right now. Not that important. But the good news about it is, is that the guys that put this together, I, I have such an affinity for these guys. Uh, Johnny Green, who's the, the writer, uh, and then uh, Ninja Smoker, who's the tech guru. These two guys, a couple of young guys, built the weed, the, the weed blog out of their dorm room. A li- literally one of those two smart nerds start an IT company out of their dorm room story uh, and, and took the weed blog to the top of, of internet search traffic. For marijuana, uh, and, and and it was amazing. Uh, they were outpacing High Times, Normal, you know, uh, Weed Maps, Leafly, all these guys. The Weed Blog was kicking their butt because uh, Ninja Smoker, the uh, tech guru, is well, he's he's a freaking genius. Well, as these te- stories tend to go, once they achieved a certain degree of success, the money men start sniffing around, and and before you know it, you end up in a situation where. They lose their creation. The kind of thing where, you know, you're the guy that started the company and then eventually somehow you find yourself out of the company. Well, that was what happened with the weed blog. Uh, and, and again, it's a long and sordid story, a real travesty, and I don't want to go into it. But the good news is, is with the formation of WeedNews.co, 
these guys and myself and Anthony Johnson, who uh, legalized, you know, was the man uh, at the forefront of legalization of marijuana here in Oregon. We're all working together now in this new company, and we're excited to bring you the best coverage of marijuana on the internet. We will have uh, copies of, we will have the embeds of interviews from my show. We'll have my original writing, all of it, aside from my radical rant columns on High Times. Those will still keep going on for now. Um, we'll have video. We'll have coverage from the expos and the and the festivals. We'll have the best election coverage and polling coverage you could possibly ask for. Check it out. Weednews.co. And the other good news about this is I'll be uh, moving into the... Uh, the house slash company headquarters slash server farm with the tech guru who's going to build me a screaming fast solid state digital multi-computer studio setup so we'll end all of these little skip problems and we'll have fiber optic connection for perfect internet the good days are coming folks and thank you for being a part of them we're right back with some more seattle hemp fest after this This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Legal to listen to all over the world. We're just not sure about France. CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Yo, 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 this is your boy, TJ, Trinidad James. You're listening to Dr. Bina on Cannabis Confidential. L.A., what up? People were so excited to see you supporting our industry, and it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to, so that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think who look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com. 
And you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Nine after the hour. All sorts of stuff coming up here in hour two. Remember, half past, we got a special Radical rant coming up for you. It's uh, one of my lengthier postings at WeedNews.co. So I put it in the second hour because my first hour Radical rants have to go up on high times. So... (laughs) Ah, the the intricacies of internet content production. But uh, yeah, weednews.co, pretty excited about this. And uh, we've also got some involvement. I can't tell you from who, but we got some involvement from some uh, investors who are really cool, really cool investors. Uh, man, there's just so much I can't say, but uh, it just, it's it's looking like, it's looking like things are finally going to work out for me to actually have, now hold on to your hats, folks, a salary. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can actually have a check that arrives for a predetermined amount at the same time every month. Oh, my God. What a concept. <laughs> I don't know if you know what it's like living on spec uh, as, a, as a, a freelance writer. Because <laughs> that's, that's really how, the, how I'm making my money, folks, is, is freelance writing. I love doing this show, obviously, and I love the contributions you guys sent me and the sponsors we have on here, but uh, really, the bulk of my money comes in from writing, and and it's tough because you got to write something, you got to send the invoice out, and if it's something you wrote for print, then it doesn't come out for another two, three months because, you know, you got the print, you know, delay or whatever it is, uh, or pro- you know, printing and processing and shipping and all that. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, you, you have all this money that you've made, but it's not here. <laughs> you know, you're waiting for it to come in, and you don't know when it's going to come in. Yeah, sometimes you have no idea, right? So, uh, I am so looking forward to this changeup. And theweednews.co, we will have ourselves a pretty nice, screaming fast internet setup and computer setup and studio setup, which means the return of the Russ Belleville show to YouTube. Yeah, I'll, I'll be able to make my YouTube uh, video show, which again is nothing special. It's just a webcam of me doing this, <laughs> of me sitting here and talking in a microphone. But apparently a lot of people liked it. So uh, I'm going to be able to put that back on because I'll have the uh, infrastructure necessary to handle it. The bandwidth, the hard drives, the a second computer to run the, the camera and all that. So that's coming back. and And I'm still in the Let's say the gamma stage, right? We're not even to beta testing yet. We're in gamma. <laughs> We're in proof of concept right now. But possibility of having a new 30-minute web show that we'll put together, uh, Weed News This Week or Weed News Week. We haven't decided. Weed News Week. We haven't decided. Well, that's what we're afraid of is if we call it Weed News Week, people might call it Weed Newsweek, right? Like the Newsweek magazine. So we're thinking maybe it should be Weed News this week. Whatever it is, 30-minute web show uh, highlighting, you know, m- what most recently happened in marijuana. And a show kind of based on that 30-minute, you know, Comedy Central HBO format, you know, like a, like a John Oliver or a, or, a, or a Larry Wilmore or something like that, where there's kind of like three different segments, little video uh, stuff. We'll see if we can get that out for you. So that's the goal. That's what's happening with WeedNews.co and the Russ Belleville Show. And I'll still be on CannabisRadio.com and I'll still be writing for HighTimes.com. All right. We got some more Seattle Hemp Fest for you. Dr. Sunil Agarwal uh, came up. I've known him since he was a student and now he's a doctor. 
And uh, he has now become an important voice for scientists in the marijuana reform community. He gave a great speech, uh, both on the main stage and at Sealy stage, explaining how marijuana prohibition is actually perverting science and how uh, we need to end this and start listening to the science when it comes to our drug policy. This is Dr. Agarwal. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Don't worry. Hey, Dr. Sunil Agarwal is coming up. He's a former uh, former member of Hempfest Corps. This guy, he's going to be laying some of the some of the information that you guys need to know. That you need to make room from those lies that have been implanted in our brains. See, I'm just bullshitting. This guy knows what he's talking about. That's right. Exactly. That's why we we got these guys here to back us up. Okay, Doctor Sunil, come on. Thank you. <laughs> What's up, Seattle Hempfest? How are you guys doing? Happy 2016 Hemp Fest. This is the first time I've been back here in about six years. Used to come to Sealy stage. This is like the rowdiest, craziest, most badass Hemp Fest stage. So you're 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 at the right you're at the right place. Um, boy, I, what what can I tell you? So I'm a I'm a, in a group called Doctors for Cannabis Regulation, DFCR. Uh, we have about 150 members. Uh, around the country and the world, we are the first uh, doctors group that's calling for full regulation, taxation, legalization of cannabis, not just for medical purposes, but for uh, all use by, by adults. Uh, so uh, give it up for DFCR. Check out our website. Uh, we've got some pretty cool doctors on our advisory board. Honorary board, we got a former Surgeon General uh, under the Clinton administration. We've got like pretty top doctors at big medical centers across the country. I just I just want you to know that that uh, these group of highly educated, highly placed doctors, uh, you know, are are right there with us, calling for descheduling of cannabis uh, out of the whole Controlled Substances Act nonsense. Totally, um, you know, Chinese de- crazy knot. I don't know what the, there's a there's a fa- famous you know, handcuff thing where you can't get out of it. You know, that cannabis is tied up in knots in the federal drug control system. And we are saying, just got to cut that whole knot, get cannabis out of federal control uh, and into a situation where we have more local control of cannabis. So um, what I want to tell you about is uh, the latest decision that the Drug Enforcement Administration uh, laid down on us, we the people who pay their salaries, um, uh, on why, why cannabis should stay in Schedule 1. And why you, why you want to know this is because they are ruining science. They are ruining and torturing science by keeping cannabis in this category, which says high, high potential for abuse and no medical use for safety, uh, no accepted use for safety under medical supervision. It's a bunch of nonsense. And um, you should be as upset about this as you are at people who say that there's no such thing as global warming and people who say that uh, humans didn't evolve from anything else and we just all showed up on earth you know 10,000 years ago and dinosaur bones are kind of you know just showed up somebody planted them there this is the kind of distrust and uh, junk science that none of us want we don't want to teach our children that we don't want to live in a world where people just make stuff up and pretend that science is what it you know whatever they say it is they're doing that with cannabis this is what's going on now if you look at their, their petition or they look at the decision the federal government just put out a couple of weeks ago, they said, you know, uh, our federal health agency, they, they spent a little time reviewing all the research, uh, and, you know, they couldn't find any studies that really uh, met our standard for what counts as medical use. 
If you go to page 76 of that of that uh, this uh, thing that they wrote, which is public record, they say that they excluded 20 studies of cannabis extracts. 20 studies as if they never happened and they never occurred and the science doesn't matter. That's like pretending, oh, you know, the data on global warming and human uh, uh, footprint and ecological footprint, we're just not going to look at those studies because it affects our worldview. Why are they ignoring 20 studies of cannabis extracts uh, to to study whether cannabis is useful? Does anybody, anybody have any guesses? They're ignoring them because they're privately funded by pharmaceutical companies. Okay? They're, they're ignoring them because those people have in front of the FDA drug uh, petitions where they want to get into Walgreens and get the final approval. And they don't want the government uh, is cozy with them and they don't want to uh, let the, the science that those guys are generating for their, for their product development to inform we the people. Even though we the people are the ones that are paying the DEA's salary and the Health and Human Services salary, Health and Human Services, I'll say that again, that is the name sure, of the sure. agency, not the pharmaceutical services industry services group that protects you know, your science from public eyes. We're not doing that crap. We shouldn't be accepting science going off into a private hole. It doesn't matter who did the research. As long as it's good research, human beings are involved, you know, uh, they, they had to sign up, uh, they had cancer, they had pain, they were maxed out on pain drugs, they signed up for a study where they were either going to get cannabis extract, CO2 extract of whole plant cannabis, or they were going to get a placebo. You know, imagine you're the placebo patient, but you're like, you know, I'm doing this for science. No, you're not doing this for science, according to the DEA, you're doing it for a private company's maximization. Because those, fo- those patients spent time in those studies, multiple months, multiple years. Um, sometimes those studies were done in the United States, and none of that data is being read by the government. The government is saying that that data doesn't apply. Many of those studies were positive. Cannabis did help patients who had ca- pain due to cancer, and did help patients with a- MS-related spasticity. Are you guys surprised that the data was positive? No, no, we're not. Because it... <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. All right, I'm, I gotta wrap up here. But I'm just, I just want you guys to, to be upset and be pissed off. Take that rage that we got here and be pissed off. Get be pissed, pissed off! off. <laughs> Get really pissed off because this is not the way that we're supposed to learn science. It doesn't matter who funded the research as long as it's good quality. Penicillin, it came from a mold. It kills bacteria. Many people's lives were saved. Does it matter to you that Fleming was or wasn't funded by some company or the government or whoever it was that funded the science? We all, we all benefit from that knowledge. Cannabis is a traditional plant medicine that belongs to all of us. Don't give up the fight. Make sure we get democratic control of cannabis. Not monopolization, not oligopolization. It's the people's medicine. Yes, and I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. Now see what Scooby Snacks will do for you? Well, everybody, it's 420 here in the Pacific Time Zone, so happy 420 to our friends in Carlsbad, California. Happy 420 to Carlsbad, California. Why not? <laughs> Hey, stay tuned. We got some groove and higher orchestra for you. This is Superstition.
Cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, Wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, being that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. You're going to find really wonderful, well-meaning, well-spoken people, and then people that are just batshit crazy. Okay, maybe you're high, too. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Idaho's drug czar, Elisha Figueroa, or Alicia, I'm not sure which, 
has penned an op-ed in the Idaho Statesman entitled, Experiment with Legalized Marijuana Isn't Working Out. Well, I wanted to reach out to Ms. Figueroa, since she is too chicken to face opposition to her reefer madness in person. I mean, Ms. Figueroa, I really wish you'd have kept your commitment to the Idaho Marijuana Town Hall back in January. You and two representatives of the Idaho State Police had agreed to come to Boise State University for a public discussion on marijuana legalization. The organizers spent considerable time and money to bring me in, along with a representative of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition and a Boise State criminal justice professor, to debate you. I had just flown in and was being transported to the event when you, Ms. Figueroa, cowardly and shamefully canceled your appearance at the event mere hours before it was to begin. You expressed that you didn't agree to debate, quote, radical out of state speakers, end quote. Obviously an oblique reference uh, to me, radical Russ Belleville. And nobody could understand what difference the home state of the debaters should make, especially since you agreed to debate marijuana legalization and I am from one of the states to have legalized marijuana, Oregon. If the stats that you cite and the prohibition that you champion were defensible, it shouldn't matter if your opponent is from Timbuktu. And given that Idaho remains one of only four states, along with South Dakota, Kansas, and Arkansas, to maintain absolute marijuana prohibition, no legal, no medical, no CBD oil, no decrim, not even industrial hemp, and Idaho is one of only three states, along with Wyoming and New Jersey, where merely being high in public is a misdemeanor. Well, then it's no surprise they have to fly in out-of-state pro-marijuana speakers because the in-state ones would be risking their jobs, their homes, and their freedom if the police target them. Hell, I flew in just for the debate and ended up with cops at my hotel room door. But judging by your opinion piece, which, by the way, is just largely cut and paste from the uh, drug czars, scaremongering, Rocky Mountain high-intensity drug trafficking area report, well, it's no surprise why you and the state police chickened out. <clears throat> Reading from the comments online, even amateurs with only a passing knowledge of cannabis and a Google feed are obliterating your arguments. You'd have faced the same with me but live, in person, against a sharper wit and an audience of 200 people laughing at you. So since I can't debate you live, I'll have to do it through your writing, like I did back in January at Boise State, where I read from the Idaho State Police's position paper on marijuana and addressed your three empty chairs. So you wrote this. You wrote, quote, Coloradoans of all age groups, 12 to 17, 18 to 25, and 26 and over, rank first in the nation for past month marijuana use. After recreational marijuana was legalized there, Colorado youth's past month use for 2013-2014 was a whopping 74% higher than the national average. End quote. Okay, so Colorado has more 12 to 17s, more 18 to 25s, and more 26 and olders smoking pot since legalization. Well, for the ones 21 and older, smoking pot is now legal. Not only could they be smoking pot more, 
It could be they always have been smoking pot and were just reticent to tell pollsters that they were doing something illegal. This is only a scary talking point if you think the state should stop adults from doing legal things. And as for the 12 to 17-year-olds, Colorado has been in the top five for teen marijuana use for the past five years, and in the top 10 before that. Vermont has had a five-year average of 12.16% compared to Colorado's 11.36%. And Vermont didn't legalize, did they? In fact, in a couple of years, Vermont was greater than Colorado at this point. Uh, 13.32% in 2003, way before legalization, and 14.04% in 2011. I mean, it's a cute number trick to point out that Colorado's 12.56% monthly teen pot rate is 74% greater than the 7.22% national average. But as a year-to-year increase, Colorado went from 11.16 to 12.56%. That's a one-year change, a relative change, of 12.51%. Idaho, meanwhile, had a relative increase of 13.82% in teen toking last year. Y'all didn't legalize, right? Oh, oh, I know what you'll say. It's because next door, Oregon and Washington legalized, right? Huh. Okay. Well, then you better find a way to explain why New Jersey, nowhere near a legalized marijuana state, had an 18.28% increase and led the nation in year-to-year increase. Colorado came in fourth, people. Kansas had a 15% year-to-year increase. Of the top 10 states... That had a year, uh, uh, the top 10 year to year increase states for teen pot smoking, seven of them are prohibition states. We're talking about states in the South Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Kentucky. All right, so Alicia Figueroa or Alicia Figueroa, Ms. Figueroa, the Idaho State Drugs are, <clears throat> she continues to say, The number of Washington drivers with active THC in their blood in fatal driving accidents increased by more than 122% between 2010 and 2014. The percentage of Colorado vehicle operators who were found positive for marijuana increased from 7.88% in 2006 to 24.03% in 2014. (sighs) Impaired driving, huh? Look, you don't cite a single stat that shows an increase in impaired driving. You cite finding more drivers with marijuana metabolites in their system, which is a mark of merely being a pot smoker, not being high. You might as well cite that there are more married gay men in traffic accidents these days, too, since gay marriage was legalized. Even the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the source you're citing, has stated since the 1990s on its marijuana fact sheet that it is, quote, inadvisable to try to determine impairment on drug testing alone. When we look at the statistics, we do have them that show that in Colorado and Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Washington, D.C., all the legal jurisdictions, there are fewer fatalities per 100 million miles driven than the U.S. average of 1.08. Colorado sits at 1.0, 1.02, a number that it's hovered at since about 2009. 
when their dispensaries open, by the way. Idaho currently sits at 1.15. Colorado has been below the national average in fatalities every year since 2005. Idaho has been above the average every year since 1994, except for a couple years, 2011, 2012, when it was slightly below the national average. It is more dangerous to be driving in the state of Idaho under total marijuana prohibition than in any of the states where marijuana is legal. She continues, quote, Calls to Washington's Poison Control Center related to marijuana-infused products increased 312.5% from 2012 to 2014. The Colorado Hospital Association reported that marijuana-related emergency room visits increased from 8,197 in 2011 to 18,255 in 2014. Well, Ms. Figueroa, your stats on poison control calls and ER visits suffer the same prohibition-related confounders as the stats on use. People don't like to admit breaking the law. Before legalization, when the doctor asked what your sick kid ate, you'd be less likely to admit it was your marijuana-infused goodies. Before legalization, when you ate too much of the pot brownies, you'd be less likely to go to the ER, or if you did, you'd lie about why you were there. Oh, I think I got food poisoning. She continues, quote, The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration recently refused to downgrade marijuana from its federal status as a Schedule I controlled substance. Chuck Rosenberg, acting DEA administrator, stated, quote, This decision is based on whether marijuana, as determined by the FDA, is a safe and effective medicine, and it's not, end quote. Okay, Ms. Figueroa. Well, the only reason cannabis remains a federal Schedule I drug is because you cannot fit a leaf-shaped drug through the FDA's pill-shaped hole. Everybody knows it has a medical utility, and 25 states, soon to be 30, have passed legislation recognizing that. Everybody knows it is a safer substance than alcohol, and every pharmaceutical, and even the over-counter drugs that are out there. As a matter of fact, Ms. Figueroa, marijuana is even safer than famous Idaho potatoes, a point made by DEA Administrative Law Judge Francis L. Young in the Normal versus DEA suit all the way back in 1988. Quote, In strict medical terms, marijuana is far safer than many foods we commonly consume. For example, eating 10 raw potatoes can result in a toxic response. By comparison... It is physically impossible to eat enough marijuana to induce death. Elisha Figueroa, Idaho's drug czar, you are on the wrong side of history, ma'am. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we've got more from the Seattle Hemp Fest. It's Nurse Heather from Cannabis Radio backstage at the main stage. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. 
great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, maybe you're high too. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. I always worry that someday I'm going to get an email from someone telling me that's offensive in some language. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're going to wind things up here on the Russ Belleville Show with some more Seattle Hemp Fest. 25th anniversary this last weekend, and you can still give hempfest.org or gofundme.com slash keep hempfest alive if you'd like to see a 26th Seattle Hempfest. I got to run into cannabis nurse Heather from cannabisradio.com backstage at the Seattle Hempfest. This is us at the main stage. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here backstage at the main stage of Seattle Hemp Fest. And we've run to my fellow cannabis radio host, Nurse Heather. How you doing, Nurse Heather? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing, Russ? This is this is a fun event I've never been to before. This is your Fancy first? Fancy themed you here, sir. Yes, your first Seattle Hemp Fest, really. Yes, it is. Wow. How did that? How did you manage to make it all these years without hitting Hemp Fest? You know, I've been asking myself that all day. <laughs> how did I miss this one? I go to everything else and I haven't made it to Hemp Fest. I guess I saved the best because it's the 25th anniversary. It's really incredible. So my girl, Nurse Lisa, just finished up on stage and... I was, I was. I even teared up a little bit. Aww. I had some emotion going on. It's always so. nice to see proteges that are 
That's, doing well. It's wonderful. So uh, good news with Nurse Heather is on CannabisRadio.com, and I've seen you at numerous events across the country, uh, both in green states and not-so-green states. How is your message resonating across the country? Do you think people are finally getting it? Um, you know, they, they are. They're, they're getting it on their own. They're getting it with help. You know, I always say that knowledge is the key and education is really what's going to move this thing continually. And even as the informed, I'm beginning to realize how little we really know. So, you know, even talking about rescheduling and if, if the rescheduling would have happened, we could have had more research so we could have known more about the plant. And, you know, just having these discussions, um, it's bringing up a lot of questions. So I think you come to answers and your message gets more in-depth when, when there's just all that information that's out there that we just don't know about yet. So it's exciting to know what you don't know yeah. until you know it or yeah. something like that. I'm glad you bring that up because on our side, there's you know we are so quick to jump on the prohibitionists and their reefer madness. Sometimes we're a little reticent to get on our own you know, misgivings or mis, uh, false assumptions that need to be corrected. For example, for the longest time, we thought, let's get it rescheduled from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2. Over the past couple of years, people have thought, well, now hold on. Maybe that's not such a good thing. So thank you for bringing that up. You know, it's, I, I really look at plants like cannabis um, as something that should be descheduled. I mean, right. it's nature. <clears throat> what, what we're looking at, though, that's interesting pharmaceutically is they are coming on board. They're they're coming out, you know. Even even the big pharma is looking at what's going on here. And I've heard that they're looking to combine the opiate with the cannabinoid medications and create more in-depth. And you know what? Those medications need to be scheduled in some way. Yeah. I, I do believe that. But cannabis, the plant, hemp, the plant... It doesn't need to have a schedule. We need to deschedule. Right. So I, I often I'll ask, fight on that. You know, that, which, that one. Which <laughs> that corner. Yes. Yes. Okay, I've got a guy here asking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send him on in. Send him on in. Uh, <laughs> we're doing it live, folks. We're doing it live. So, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I often, you know, ask, you know, what schedule does aloe vera belong in? What schedule does, you know, chamomile belong basil, in? Basil, yeah. Yeah, what schedule does basil belong in? These are plants, and, and one of the things I've been saying lately about this rescheduling uh, that didn't happen, and I predicted wouldn't, uh, is that we're trying to fit a leaf-shaped drug through a pill-shaped hole. Mm-hmm. You know, the FDA is just not set up to evaluate plants. We might as well be asking blind people about rainbows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really good... <laughs> what would a blind person say about rainbows? I don't know. You took me down a <laughs> rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. So yeah. you're speaking later today, I understand? I, I will be speaking. I get my five minutes of fame. I've heard it called a couple of times yeah. now. So um, I'll get up there and I... I'm just going to talk about whatever comes to mind, but I think it's going to have a little something to do with unity and talking about, you know, we've got to unify within ourselves because there's no room for backbiting or infighting or any of this, you know, shit talking maybe that's going on just even within our community. So I'd like to see us unite because I think that uh, we should fight to unite. It's going to get us a lot further. Especially as we're just in the very beginnings of legalization happening and we're very vulnerable at this point to every bit of bad news that could possibly happen right because the the prohibitionists are waiting for you know ah we told you when we legalized this would happen 
And so we got to unite and make sure that we're putting our best foot forward in legalization. Well, and we really need to step up. I know that there's an issue even here in Washington where, you know, the medical program is so, so-called so being yeah. done away with and in in spite of or because of uh, adult use. And that's, I, I really feel like that's something we should be talking about because I believe that even in the midst of this, we need to um, not tax patients in yeah. the same way that we do someone that's looking for a great weekend. Yeah, and they're even doing that in California with the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, adding a tax to patients that is unnecessary. It's my hope that we get enough development that the price comes down so much that maybe that tax doesn't make so much so much of a hit on pardon the pun on the uh, purchase uh, but uh, we'll have to see how that works out well let's let's do it again let's find out what's going on I, so who are you going to be talking to Russ can I ask you that can sure. I flip the flip the script absolutely a bit? we've got uh, all sorts of vendors and speakers and people coming up here uh, to interview on cannabis radio I've got a schedule here that is just packed with people and so I, I can't even tell you off the top of my head but next we got Chris Gagnon and then Chris Farrell and then Ed Rosenthal the guru of ganja stopping by ah, uh, a whole bunch of people so I'm, I'm here literally all day uh, Aaron Pelly, one of the Northwest uh, Marijuana Law guys Allison Drayson oh gonna be I here. love Allison Martin Lee oh uh, I saw C- Martin just a Project little while CBD, ago right? yep <laughs> so that's just today and then and then I'll be here for see Nurse Heather's speech oh I'm speaking yeah I'll be recording you yeah better make it good great I'll, I'll you know I'll come up with something hopefully it'll go. be different than what I've already said and you're backstage here at yeah. Hemp Fest 2016 20th anniversary 25th 25th did right. I, what did I say 20th 25th yeah silver. 25th I think I had like um you know, dry mouth or co- I had I had cotton mouth speak come through. <laughs> I really meant 25th. I had it in my head. So 25th anniversary. And um, thank you for right. chatting with me. High thank five. you, Nurse Heather. Nurse Heather with uh, good news with Nurse Heather on CannabisRadio.com. Check it out. And uh, good luck on your speech later today. Thank you so much. Great running into Nurse Heather backstage. And it was really kind of surprising. She'd never been to Seattle Hemp Fest. It's something you got to do, folks. It's just amazing. Every year I go there, I'm just stunned at the mass of humanity, the entrepreneurship that's going on. You always find something cool. My event, my item of the event, I, I bestow this unofficial award almost every time I go somewhere, was the pretzel pipe. This guy made an edible pipe out of pretzel. It's, it's a pretzel that's a pipe. Take that and a little bowl of mustard with you on the road. You get pulled over, you dunk the bowl, chomp the pretzel down. Morning, officer. (laughs) Freaking genius. All right, we're going to close up shop here in just a sec. We'll be right back. This is the Rust Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the cannabis liberation movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the cannabis crusade. 
Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is Dan Michaels from DanMichaelsAudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, everybody, just a minute or so here to wrap things up on our live stream. A reminder that tomorrow on the show, we got a very special guest joining us, Maya Elizabeth from Whoopi and Maya will be joining us to talk about menstrual marijuana products. <laughs> I think that's what they're called. Products for the ladies to deal with the pain and discomfort of menstruation. The period. Aunt flow, so to speak. And, um... Uh, of course, I can't testify to any of this, but I can. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone. Well, thanks, Tommy. Hey, I don't know why Tommy that went Chung. off, but uh, my bad. I apologize. <laughs> Tommy Chong just interrupting my flow here. <laughs> I should have picked a different term. Um, anyway, I was going to say I can't you know, testify to the effectiveness of these products, but I can tell you I've known numerous women in marijuana activism who can all swear by the effectiveness of cannabis for period pain and cramps. Uh, I, I tell you, to a T, each one of them, every one of them tell me that there's nothing better. Uh, it is the best. And, and for some of them, you know, different preparations, it might be in edibles, it might be uh, smoked or vaporized. But, uh, and this is not like new knowledge, right? This goes back to Queen, was it Queen Elizabeth? Queen, yeah, the first Queen Elizabeth, I think. Or was it Victoria? I, I don't know my British monarchy. But it goes way back. This is not new information. And it's, you know, kudos to uh, Whoopi Goldberg for coming up with this uh, idea here and moving forward with it. Because, I mean, for for so many of us that uh, uh, know female tokers, uh, this is like the easiest idea in the world. It's amazing no one came up with it sooner. Then again, considering sexism in our our society, maybe it's not so surprising, right? (laughs) Maybe it's par for the course. Anyway, that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for joining us, and uh, be back tomorrow with more news and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ, live from beautiful, legal Potland, Oregon. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers.
This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seat, you manage, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seat, you manage, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seat, you manage, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seat, you manage, you grow